Off the Ball with BetDuck.com, the sports betting exchange. Serious about sports 24-7. Every season, every sport, every team. Alrighty, US Sports. It's me and Donny for the first time in a long time, face to face. We haven't done this since pre-Euros at this stage. It seems that way. No, it is that way. Oh, okay. It is that way, Joe. It is. <laughs> it factually is that way. Go Can on. I say without trying to offend you, you have come in with a sweat befitting the weather outside. Yeah, that, it is extreme heat. The sun is kind of <laughs> you're dipping. Feeling, you're feeling that heat. I'd, I'm just trying to move. I guess it's just what age does to you these days. But I mean, it's, it's, it's balmy out there. Yes, yeah, lovely. It's very nice. It's, not, I guess it's nice in here. It's cool in here. The aircon's working today, thankfully. So we've got lots to talk about. Uh, less so to do with things happening on the court or on the field, because this is a kind of quiet little spot in the season, the American calendar. Yeah, I think we're in a sort of um, a summer swoon on the sporting calendar. You know, the NBA <laughs> season's over. Swoon. That's a good word, isn't it? Yeah. NHL season's over. Baseball season doesn't really get going until uh, August, September. And NFL is, you know, it's, it's coming but um, still training camps 10 days away. So, yeah. um, you know, it's a chance to sort of reflect and think about the important things maybe. And yeah. at this time in American life, I mean, it's a very fraught and, uh, you know, sad time really. Sure. A lot of, lot of heavy stuff going on. And, um, you know, it's a very political moment in, in American culture. And, you know, if, if you're watching any of these scenes from Cleveland this week, um, there's a lot going on in America. And politics are on everyone's mind. Um, not least some of the biggest athletes in the country. Yeah, and for anybody who didn't catch it last week, last Wednesday, it's well worth a listen back. Dr. Harry Edwards was on the show, who you may, if you're watching the O.J. Simpson documentary on at the moment, uh, be aware of. If not, he's really worth a listen. He was a guy who's been very involved in the black movement in America, tried to convince O.J. Simpson to use his sway to further the black movement. O.J. wasn't too interested, was kind of more focused on doing his own thing and being a ridiculous athlete. But Harry Edwards was really... Uh, worth a listen. Essentially, he was talking about the need for black athletes to use their influence. And weirdly, and we hadn't planned it that way, but that very night, mm-hmm. the ESPYs were on. We call them the ESPYs? Do that, we? Well, that's what we have. How long them. are the ESPYs on for now at this stage? Oh, it's been at least 20 years, maybe. 20 years, maybe okay. more. So yeah. sort of where uh, ESPN meets the Oscars. Yeah, the E in ESPN stands for entertainment, Joe. So mm-hmm. you've got to, they got to stay true to their core values. So the ESPYs were on. And in the midst of what you've rightly described as a fraught time in American society and politics, we had four of the biggest stars in the NBA requesting themselves, which was the interesting point, to, right. to open the ESPYs with their own monologue, effectively. Right. We had LeBron James. He won the award, the ESPY for the, you know, the male athlete of the year, mm-hmm. the biggest name in pro sports. Also, the biggest name in American sports, Dwayne Wade, Carmelo Anthony, Chris Paul, between them, four of the 10 best players in the NBA, yeah. all in the primes, all the most marketable. The, the, these are the faces of the NBA bar, Steph Curry, basically five, you know, f- yeah. four of the biggest names. They stood there on stage in front of this huge audience wearing their tuxes or their suits, and it was all very somber. There was no major fireworks or lighting. Mm-hmm. And the four of them stood there, and one by one, they said their piece to camera. You're you're bringing us some of this? Yeah, this is, it, w- it was about three minutes and 30 seconds uh, yeah. each each player sort of issued their own, their own sort of statement, and it it finished with uh, LeBron himself giving his um, sort of his, his you know delivering his word to I guess his fans and the American public. We all feel helpless and frustrated by the violence. We do, but that's not acceptable. It's time to look in the mirror and ask ourselves, what are we doing to create change? 
It's not about being a role model. It's not about our responsibilities for the tradition of activism. I know tonight we'll honor Muhammad Ali, the GOAT. But to do his legacy any justice, let's use this moment as a call to action for all professional athletes to educate ourselves, explore these issues, speak up, use our influence, and renounce all violence. And most importantly, go back to our communities, invest our time, our resources, help rebuild them, help strengthen them, help change them. We all have to do better. Thank you. So when he says the we there, like he's speaking to a lot of athletes in the room. Mm. You know, all of us need to go back to our communities and do more. Now, we'll get on to what the the, the actual things they can do Mm -hmm. are. But first of all, the general reaction to this, I presume, was pretty positive across the board. Yeah, very. I mean, it was huge. It It was embraced both, I think, by sort of you know, the mainstream media, which is all, you know, sometimes can, you know, push back on uh, when when well-known personalities sort yeah. of make stands. But Ooh, all, athlete without a degree ooh, talking about yeah. things they don't understand, sure. Exactly. And also, I think most importantly, you know, the activist community, like the activist forefathers from the sporting world from, this, from the late 60s, guys like John Carlos, who uh, is most famous for that Black Power salute at the 68 Olympics. Yeah. He was, he was saying it was, a, it was a heroic statement. Right, you know? okay. So it was seen as a really big deal. Yeah, it, okay. like, you know, it, on one level, you can always parse this as some sort of a PR coup for, for these guys. Like, yeah. you know, it was... I don't want to be cynical. It do, yeah. it do, you can think to yourself, this does the brand exactly. no harm. But when Carlos is calling it heroic, so people said, okay, maybe it is doing the brand no harm, but also but if, it's, it's, it's to be celebrated. Exactly. And if, and if you go through the whole long, you know, the entire statement, it's, it is quite emotive. And to hear, you know, you know, pro athletes, the most famous athletes, basketball players in America, you know, naming the names of the men who've been killed by police. Chris Paul listed out yeah. all the names. I mean, very, that was very powerful, actually. Uh, like, uh, even, I mean, I mean, I've heard a million of these sort of, you know, package statements from athletes and, and I have to say, I did find this legitimately moving at times, like, you know, the way it was prepared, the way it was done mm. um, and, it, you know, and it, it was directed directly at athletes too, which is an interesting, interesting thing. It wasn't so much, you know, for fans or for people watching at home. It was It was a message to the people in that auditorium and the people watching at home, you know, who play professional sports and, you know, are considering their responsibility mm. to whatever, you know, their community, whatever, however you define that. Yeah. Um, because it, Ronan in Westport says, for instance, I don't know, lads, it's not like I've ever been a spokesperson or a role model or anything myself, but I reckon it's not fair to expect athletes to comment on political or social issues. Every individual, no matter how famous, deserves to make their own choices and support or not support any cause they want. And that brings us on to LeBron. Mm. Interestingly, one of the names that Chris Paul mentioned was Tamir Rice. Tamir Rice being a 12-year-old African-American who'd been killed by police. And this was in LeBron territory in Cleveland, I presume. That's right, yeah, in Cleveland. And so Tamir Rice's mother, amongst other people, like there was a, there was a trending hashtag about, you know, no justice, no LeBron. Tamir Rice's mother was amongst many people who said that LeBron should come out and speak about this. And mm-hmm. and he effectively at the time, this was maybe six months ago. Yeah, January. January said, look, I'm kind of not on top of what's going on here. I, I don't want to speak ignorantly yep. about the subject. Yeah, I mean, and he, and he just let it slide. And, you know, there was huge calls on social media, you know, for LeBron to, to boycott a game, to make some, you know, there was a, there was right. a game on Martin Luther King Day and there's the people of Cleveland 
in the Black Lives Matter campaign, tried to organize LeBron to sit a game out just to take a stand. And LeBron, you know, he just didn't, he just left it really, you know, he just, he just kind of kind of held, held, held his breath and yeah. waited for it to pass. And, you know, it's interesting because a year ago, um, I think in December 2014, after the, uh, Eric Garner was killed by uh, police in New York, um, LeBron and Kyrie Irving, his teammate, both wore T-shirts that said, I can't breathe. And, you know, that was a popular uh, slogan of the Black Lives Matter protest movement at the time. And people sort of were wondering, well, is this the beginning of something? You know, is are we going to see the likes of LeBron and other basketball players taking an active stand? Mm. The story sort of went quiet and really we didn't hear anything for mm. a year. Mm. And then in January, again, this came back. Will this... You know, will will LeBron take a stand here over you know a twelve year old who was killed by police? I mean, yeah, he let it go. He didn't do anything, and you know it was it was very noticeable that uh, Tamir Rice's name was mentioned by Chris Paul, and you know LeBron who really you know could just sit back and um, you know count his millions. I guess you sure. know he 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 closed that statement out, and you know he says we can all do better, and I think you know that is you know that it's, it's a sort of that statement works both for uh, athletes and for all Americans, I think. And, yeah. you know, so it, it, it sort of fits the mood of what's going on in the country. It's, it's an interesting sort of... Yeah, um, because like Lisa and Gory's just text in saying that last texture, that's you, Ronan, in Westport, is full of crap. Uh, you can't give LeBron or other supporters a free pass in this case. It's too big an issue and needs black athletes to front up and get involved. In an ideal world, yes. But imagine if you're find yourself in this position and you don't feel equipped to speak with any kind of intelligence or in an informed way about this. Like, mm. It must be terrifying. I mean, yeah. Cameras coming up to you. Uh, some kid's been shot. You don't know what's going on. You're not as on top of the history of the last 40, 50 years as you, you maybe feel you should be. And there's people shining cameras in your face saying, what do you mm. think? What, yeah. do, what do you think? And you know your words are going to be beamed around the world. Uh, I, I can see how young men in their 20s who haven't had time to really get on top of this because, you know, they've been busy perfecting mm. basketball skills. Yep. I can see how they shy away from doing it. So I understand that you have to stand up argument that Lisa makes, but I do also accept people are individuals here. Yeah, and they have to take all this into consideration. The, the sort of the flip side of that coin is that social media, as it is at the moment, sort of pres- provides a sort of a shield that you can sort of hide behind. You know, you can send a hashtag out and, yeah. you know, you can put something on your Instagram feed and you know it sound it seems like you're standing for what's right um and what's you know you're on the right side of things and then it can just go away and the story can go away and people will forget and then you know they'll be asking you you know about whether you prefer uh Kim Kardashian or Taylor Swift these are the you know that yeah. the, you know the sort of banality things that the media and people want to hear from athletes so Question is, you know, wh- where does this go from here? I was going to say. Yeah. So, like, so, like, Dwayne Wade in particular made a really good impassioned plea. He said, "What the police are doing needs to stop." Yeah. The retaliation also needs to stop. So that's great, and you 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 say that and everything. So, where do we go from here? Like, it's interesting you mentioned the possibility of LeBron boycotting mm. a game, like just drawing attention to it. They can obviously do that very easily. Boycotting the game, okay. Yeah. You speak about it. I, I, if I if I was LeBron, I'd be saying, okay, so what what's next? What yeah. what do we do here? Exactly, because you know it's, this isn't say Muhammad Ali was drafted to fight the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. You know he had nothing against the Viet Cong. He set out that war. He went to jail for it. Yeah. Now, how does 
an American athlete um, take a stand or try to directly affect change where, yeah. where the issue is police violence and, he, and racism you know, and, and institutional racism institutional racism and, but, and, and even the, the Ali example so Ali will be thrown at them as an example yeah. like Ali didn't have and it's, it's people who've you know done proper biographies and studies of Ali and we've read those pieces in the last couple of months or the last month with his passing mm. Ali didn't have a well thought out ideology like he, 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 this was not a political statement in 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 a broad sense. This was mm-hmm. just a personal. Yeah. Well, I've got more of a beef with the guys down the road who are racist than you know. I ain't got no beef with the Viet Cong. Was, yeah. the, was the line? Yeah, yeah. It was just a very personal thing. He wasn't trying to make a political statement. Whereas these guys now have almost set themselves up to, to do something. So it's it'll be interesting to see where it goes. We haven't seen any other protests across the NBA in the last couple of months, have we? Not really. I mean, there it's 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 you know there hasn't been a, there hasn't been any other sort of major sort of players standing up or stepping out yeah. or whatever Carmelo Anthony who was the first guy who you'd hear on the, on the clip he's sort of the most articulate of, of the four and, and has been sort of has he wrote a post for the Guardian uh, the day after this ESPYs thing right. and he was talking about he's playing in the Olympics team on the on the on the US team and he was talking about how you know the Olympics in the past have offered a you know an opportunity for American athletes to protest and you know, he, this might be another opportunity. Maybe it's not the basketball team, but yeah. some something at Rio. You know, where you have African American athletes um, representing their country. Um, that we might be, see, you know, that we might see protests of some parallel to sixty-eight. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. What, whatever form that takes, I don't know, but like that might be where we see athletes looking to express themselves next. Next. Okay. Very interesting. Mm. Uh, we'll move from that uh, very serious hi- historically. Uh, potentially a landmark moment to to a less important part of the Olympics but you were bringing us this story as well so frankly uh, if you're not a Nike athlete and you're on the basketball team you're standing in weird places in the photographs now yeah that if, if you are a Nike athlete Nike make the uh, the gear for the yeah. US basketball team yeah um, we know about their reach as a uh, global uh, sports brand obviously they're big they're, they're relatively big mm-hmm. but if you are a basketball player who chooses not to be endorsed by Nike uh, who and you find yourselves chosen for the U.S. Olympic team? You have a bit of a conundrum because you you will, you are not allowed to stand front and center in the photograph where anybody could notice your shoes. Mm. So uh, the team photo of the 2016 team is came online yesterday, and uh, there's three players: Harrison Barnes, Chris, Clay Thompson, and Kyle Lowry. And you can see their bodies and their faces completely clearly, but the way they're positioned is uh, is oddly locked. Just a little bit in the shadow and you just cannot make out what color or what make their shoes are and it's the latest it's the, the third Olympics in a row where uh, a Nike team photo has just been sort of hilariously uh, positioned if you yeah. go back to the uh, 2008 team I think it was uh, their coach Mike Krzyzewski he is he is he's standing he's basically sitting in front of Dwight Howard's shoe <laughs> so you can't you can see every other player's shoe completely yeah. Yeah, but um, not Dwight's, not, not Dwight's. Yeah, so if you're talking about uh, you know the protest movement and at, at the Olympics, you know commercial uh, concerns might reign supreme as well here. Yeah. You know? didn't this reach a peak uh, talking point across American culture for the Dream Team in '92? Wasn't that like that's right? Rebook were the the, the, the kit manufacturers. Yeah, that? it was this in my childhood. I was 12 years old in 1992, and the Dream Team was one of the hugest stories to ever happen to any basketball, any sort of. Uh, Whatever American sports and yeah. uh, you know we had Jordan Bird Johnson all the great American basketball players playing in the Olympics yeah. 
most of them wore Nike gear. Unfortunately, uh, Reebok made the official kit and uh, Michael Jordan faced a massive conundrum and he, when it came to stand on the gold medal stand because he did not and he re- publicly refused to wear the Reebok kit right. on the on the Olympic on the medal stand and it was this huge row rolled on for three weeks right uh, Jordan eventually found a compromise where luckily old glory could be draped over his shoulder and cover up the Reebok lyrics or the Reebok um, logo oh, yeah. but if you look at if you look at photos of Jordan in uh, 92 especially on the medal stand he, you will not see the, ro- the Reebok logo anywhere near him right, okay. so I mean branding and uh, this stuff matters yeah it's, it's a big deal you know uh, Roy McIlroy would have had to wear New Balance oh god Olympics, and I don't I, I, I just wonder if that was a part of it you know yeah. just in the back of his mind you know it's just you know it was like the last thing on the you've been making the pros and cons list yeah and you know that figured somewhere those New Balance shoes you know yeah uh, we're pretty much out of time so we don't really have too much time to talk about uh, Chris Correa but he was the guy who uh, hacked into the uh, baseball stats of rival team and He's been given 46 months in jail? 46 months and $273,000 of a fine to pay. You could go down and beat the head off someone on O'Connell Street and not get 46 months in jail. It's, it's an insane story. This guy, he worked, for, he worked for St. Louis. His boss went to Houston for the Houston Astros. Yeah. And this guy, knowing his boss as he did, he decided, I bet you this guy hasn't changed his computer password. Yeah, we're all suckers for that. So we've too many passwords to remember, and can't think of new ones. It, his password was was the name of a sort of a plucky, uh, hardworking guy who made it much farther in baseball than he ever should. Who people believe to be David Eckstein. He's a sort of cult baseball player. Right. Uh, and when when this guy, when Correa's boss Jeff Lunau goes to Houston, uh, sets up a new computer database with all the scouting and all the draft info. Yeah, Correa one night just types in the password of his boss yeah. with the email and he gets in and he just he he takes all the info yeah which was deemed worth over 1.2 million dollars yeah. that info four years in jail it's unbelievable it's crazy oh my god <laughs> so the lesson is ever is change your password when you start a new job or don't hack or don't hack probably that's maybe the second lesson so four years in jail good luck uh, good luck Chris Correa baseball a, crime it's a hefty baseball crime yeah uh, we're about done we will see you next Tuesday Archer. Off the ball with betdac.com, the sports betting exchange. Serious about sports 24-7. Every season, every sport, every team.